geometry, um, nature, just smashed together. It's these bits and pieces of, of different uh, textures and colors and all this stuff just smashed together making these odd shaped buildings and, and uh, natural looking hills and you see mountains off in the distance and all kinds of different things. But this, like I said, this is, is never win. This was, this is the moments of presence that people forget. Uh, anomalies, uh, variances. Um, there are only one of us in all of, all of, uh, the multiverse. Fergus gives it a theatrical bow and hisses, your eminence. And this screen just comes out of nowhere and kind of flips around towards you. Just devastation is around you. Bodies and buildings are crumbled. Uh, heroes are falling. You see the motion and the collar just. You're still in the same room and you look around and you look down. And you're not you anymore. There's no there's no flesh. You're this. Odd coruscating humanoid shape of blue and purple. He's sort of enjoying not really having a physical body anymore, but also freaking out about it. So he's working on this autobiographical puppet show. Lock yourself away for days and weeks and months and, you know, working on the script and, but there's a incredibly large crowd and your show is very well received. Even try to hunt down the individual that was in the cell next to you. But every time you ask about a Bernard and, uh, the time that he was brought in and everything, even Liraz is kind of shakes her head. Even its presence is that it is not time for you two to talk again. And when it is, he will summon you. I'm sure. And and slowly this, this form kind of starts to to grow up out of the ground, formed out of uh, grass and dirt and everything. And it's a, it's a vaguely humanoid shape. It looks somewhat uh, effeminate. And some of them are just there because they like to fight. And then, you know, a couple of them are like, no, I totally believe in... About a lot of other futures, but most of the ones I've seen are just... They're garbage, man. They're, they're trash. And Presence told me that he wants to to make them more evened out. That even though it's coming close to the end of time and, you know, things are getting worn out, it doesn't mean that everything has to be shit, so investigates with you for a while and um, she actually gives you some you know the little bit of information that that she has and she's like yeah this is very concerning if if this is past or future uh, but I have asked uh, the minutes about this and they know nothing of a, a breach or a weakness 
he do not know but there are very small minute uh, atomic uh, litterines here um, left over psychic impression of something that was in here forgotten the idea that the whole universe is getting older or something like that did did eminence present tell fergus this when they had their first meeting because i feel like i recognize that idea um you phrased it as if it's already been said to fergus and i'm kind of sort of remembering that but all of that is to say fergus definitely wants to talk more to this future wasteland guy I didn't quite catch his name the guy in the exosuit he's like you're uh, telling me that future is is insisting on everything becoming worse uh, I it doesn't uh, not that I doubt you of course but it doesn't naturally make great deal of sense, does it? Why would... Um... I mean, if it is future, why would it want all futures to, uh... to be rotten? Unless perhaps... He'll trail off there in the actual conversation. So Fergus is starting to wonder if maybe future and past aren't fundamentally flawed in some way. Like sick, you know? Or psycho. And um, that also kind of makes him wonder about present a bit. But for now, he um, he's going to follow up with exosuit guy who's fought future, and he's like, well, okay, Tell me about a successful campaign and, like, what happened. Um, blocky, <laughs> blocky Lego guy's story about saving some species that turned out to be, like, important later on is also interesting. Um, he'll, he'll quash his dislike of that guy and talk to him more about that as well. He's trying really hard not to lead them here. He doesn't want to taint the information, but he's really trying to find out from these dudes or from people they know if, you know, if there's a way for him to prevent the horrible future that he saw for his version of Earth. He wants to go home, but not if that's going to happen. 
um, if he's just going to become this, like, like, if he's doomed to, like, ruin his own world, he doesn't want to go back. Um, he wants to write the tragedy, not live it. So that's, that's what's got him talking to these guys. I imagine now... I'm sort of imagining his talk with them as, like, one long conversation. That's like a single scene. But I don't know if that's an important detail to nail down or not. <clears throat> I love everything you said about Fergus putting on one one final performance for the Earth Woman and it being the finest of all of the performances that he's given. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I think it's very fulfilling for him. But again, he's very suspicious of that feeling of fulfillment. And, um... I think after he gives that show... I think he just sort of, like, falls to the ground for a minute. And, um... Because he's forgotten that that's what it's like. He starts to sort of, like, phase through. But then he's like, ah, no, I, I can't. Like, this is like this person's body. I'm not going to, like, phase through their body. Uh, and he, like, pops back out. He like, f he, like, flies up into the... He just flies, like, up really far in sort of a, not quite a panic, but something like that. And the higher he goes, as he starts to get high, he, he looks up and out, and that's when he sees those monstrous things up there, and he realizes he can't go up, so he just, like, flies away somewhere. He, like, runs from this being, from the idea of companionship in any form. He, like, has to go be alone for a while. Um, maybe that's when he makes his way back to the quarantine area and talks to Liraz, and, um, I wasn't quite sure I understood something here. So you're saying there are these traces in the quarantine zone, are they physically present? It's like particles, it's like... Is it like some kind of dust or something? If there's physical traces left that he's able to, to get, then he's gonna take them with him. He's gonna like collect them in a little pile or something. He'll, like, telekinetically scrape them off the walls or the floor and put them in some kind of little box or vial or something and and take them. Because the idea that he somehow knows... The, first of all, the idea that these are traces of that person that was there is baffling and frustrating. And then the more he thinks about it, the more he's like... Ah, I know who this person is. The more he's like, I'm not letting this shit out of my sight. 
this is something personal to me. It's, it may or may not have something to do with the whole past, present, future conflict, but I know who this is, and I'm going to figure this out and fuck present if he doesn't want to pay attention to me. So... I think one thing he would do is make an exhaustive list of all of the people he's met who have been significant to him. Um, maybe he writes it down, maybe he does it all mentally, since he's pretty clever and he has an energy brain now. But um, he's going to like... He's just going to use process of elimination and try and figure out who it could be first. Like, it couldn't be Connecticut. It couldn't be Reverb. It couldn't be, um, I don't know, Strobe. Whoever. Like, whoever he can definitely eliminate, he's going to. You know, just like for something to... He, he just wants to feel he's making some sort of progress on this problem, even if it's illusory progress. So, he'll do that for a while. He'll... He'll do whatever he's capable of doing on that, and then return to the... Uh, the sort of main area where most most of the beings in this world are. And, um... He's gonna start performing his second show. The one where anyone around him who he can make a performer becomes a performer. And, uh, it's a... It's fairly short and to the point. It's a, a story of folly... It's about the, the arrogance of a ruler who thinks uh, thinks he doesn't have to pay attention to his subjects. And it's about the terrible, permanent embarrassment he suffers, which is being deposed. So he's, uh, he's tired of, of waiting for present, and uh, he's trying to make a point. So let's, we know what your intention is and for after, and, and we'll say uh, this is actually one of the first scenes that plays out after you come back from your initial uh, visit of the, the Earth Lady. One uh, kind of key thing is, you know, I, I said before when you were visiting her that, you know, you were you would come to and kind of be laying on her lap or she'd be stroking your head. And it's all kind of, it's not that it actually uh, occurred in a physical sense, uh, because you don't have a, a physical body, like material, uh, matter just passes straight through you, uh, physical matter, I should say. So it's, it's this pantomimed, 
action, but you still get a sense of it. Maybe it's due to your telepathy. Maybe it's psychosomatic to a certain extent, but the action, you can, you can almost feel it. It could be the intent of the giver or the intent of the recipient or a combination of, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I just kind of wanted to cover that. So yeah, you guys, and also let me, let me paint a, a kind of a better picture of the, the place that you're inhabiting at the moment. You've traveled around and, and kind of gotten a, a good hold on it. And these are some, some high points, like I'm, I'm not going to go into super fine detail. The city, as it was, is a very, the profile of it is a symmetrical, uh, multi-sided, geometric design uh, almost like a, a mandala or something like it's and you know it's got multiple facets and then and multiple angles and it's you know uh, while it's made of of straight lines and this is like i said the profile it's not um any simple geometric design like it, it, if you weren't able to get your height height advantage then you probably would never have noticed it there are and again this is all this kaleidoscopic uh, valued uh, textures and, and materials that have been put together there's um, a little over three dozen you've counted them and there's there's 43 uh, skyscrapers, you know, 200 story plus type buildings, um, multiple smaller multi-tiered buildings, you know, th 30 stories on down. And then there are five just monolithic structures. Uh, one of them is called the garden spiral, garden spiral. Uh, it's this you know, as the name implies, it's this twisting, turning, um, you know, it goes up and it spirals down and back up and, and at all these different angles while being this incredibly large structure and covering most of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost, um, uh, it's like the, the rings in Halo, if you ever, if you ever played that or saw those, uh, where it's this flat structure that that spirals around uh, like a curly, uh, like a curly fry almost, um, but has a cen central spire that twists and turns with it, and it's just covered in all this lush greenery. And the odd thing about this is kind of like where you met this Earth Lady. Um, there are large swaths of of unbroken green um whole pictures as it were 
of of these varying landscapes and you know it changes from temperate to to jungle um you know the scrub tundra kind of kind of deal um and back and forth and and you know strange plants that you've never seen before but the few times you've gotten close to it it's just eerily silent you know uh the few times you went out in the woods or camping or even to a, a city park, you heard birds and insects and just the ambient sounds of nature. And here it's just nothing, no sentient or unsentient being that does maybe bring up a question of, of, you know, these plants are li living organisms are they considered variances or, or do plants not count or, or, you know, what's the deal? Uh, the other structures, again, they, these are just these monolithic giant mind boggling mega buildings. Uh, one of them seems organic almost like it, almost undulates and, and you could swear it breathes um, and you you reach out with your telepathy and it's got this vague sense of a mind you don't know if it's just beyond you or if it's incredibly base or or what the deal is with it but um, uh, the the other ones, you know, you can kind of help collaborate on. Um, but, you know, out, outside of the city, uh, there's, like I said, there's there's nature, but it's this mishmashed hodgepodge of, of weird random structures. And there's mountains and hills and rivers and valleys and gorges and deserts and all this stuff. And like I said, you can fly from end to end in, in hours, probably five, six hours. Uh, but it would take other people days or, or weeks to cut across. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of land. Um, but like I said, I just wanted to kind of paint a, 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 a better, broader picture of what you're inhabiting. And there are tens of thousands of creatures so there's a lot of empty space even in the city where it seems like a lot of them congregate and there's even there's like two very small rural-esque towns and a little bit of kind of details about the buildings that you'll see like there'll be a building in profile that looks like an old like New York brownstone, but then it'll have Victorian flourishes on the awnings or windows or, um, you'll know, you'll see mid-century modern uh, mixed with like a lean-to 
kind of deal. You know, it's just, like I said, it's, but, but it's all aesthetically pleasing. Um, while it may not be your aesthetic, there is, like, like I've said before, there is beauty and it, it, at the very least it's interesting. But you sit down with Buta and Philotos, and uh, they're like, do you, do, you, "Do you sit? Do you can can you sit?" And you've worked on it. And while it's not always perfect, still you um, can give the appearance that you're picking up something with your hand. And putting it to your mouth or sitting on a chair. Um, but you don't really need to and you can't really. But you can give the appearance of. Uh, you can play the part. So I imagine that you do with these two. And you guys are sitting outside of a small little uh, cafe that this... Strange blue, uh, watery type creature. Um, actually, it's kind of more of an, an ooze than a, than a water. It's whip thin and uh, it's just got these great large eyes that, that take up the, the mass of its head. And it comes over and it's got this, this tiny little, little hole of a mouth. But this voice comes out. Yes, what can I get you, gentlemen? And they order some drinks and, and look at you. And maybe just out of uh, propriety or whatever, you you get one. Uh, or maybe you pass. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Says, yes, right away. I shall return shortly. Philotus is like says uh thanks Fred I appreciate it man uh no no hurry we're gonna be here for a while like have you met Fred you know no one can actually pronounce what his name sounds like so someone started calling him Fred and it just kind of caught on so I'm just I'm just gonna be real with you man because their eminence would would really just want it like that so I'll uh I'll give you a story, and if you want another one, I can lay that on you too. But you know, the 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 short bits that we told you, you know, we sounded like I don't know the good guys or whatever. But as best I can tell, and you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a couple decades. We're not always the good guys. Uh, sometimes we have to, we've done things that we're not really okay with, but, you know, presence always, always assures us that it's the, it's the right thing that we're, you know, at least, you know, from, for, from our perspective, you know, you know, past and future have their, their own deals that they're going with and, Sometimes, you know, we're, we're out on doing these things and we never see them. 
we never, you know, see hide nor hair. And, you know, once something's done from us, then, then it's done. So, man, we're in some place. You know, there's still, there's still a couple hundred million years before this, this one timeline is, is done. But, you know, just from the, from the vibe I'm getting from you, from, from your story and everything, you know, it's, it's a couple hundred million years in your future, what you would consider the future. And there's a, we're on this planet, man. It's ugly. It's, it's this big giant war zone. And this, this AI, it's, it's, it's taken over. It's, it's running roughshod over all these, these organics and, there's creatures from different planets that are coming and, and throwing in for it and they finally start getting a getting a, a positive foothold that they're gonna they're gonna fight back and you know, you can see that they're gonna win and you know, this is the information that we've given present, you know, gives us a rundown before we go. And uh you know, you, you can't help but just really cheer for all these people, especially where I come from. Like, they're going to do it. So, and, and you can see, like, Philotos is getting, he's getting kind of, he's getting a little choked up. He's getting a little emotional. And he's just like, all right, so, we go there, and... We're not there to help the people. We're there to help this, these robots, this AI. And we have to ensure that it's going to win. We have to take away this, this ace, this trump card that all of these races have collaborate, collaborated on for, for hundreds of years to, to beat this thing. And it would have done it too. It would have, and there, there are future forces we run into, and we, uh, you know, we we get some, we take some losses, but we end up taking out almost all of them before they retreat, and we, you know, to the job, we we finish it off, and. Uh, we, uh, worlds are lost, countless lives, and, uh, we were responsible for that. Also, this. Also, this AI, also this robot could it learned after I don't know seventy five eighty five worlds it wiped out for this idea had of perfection to Millions, billions, trillions of lives 
Also, this thing can learn. And... After all these species, all this time had passed, there, standing at the end of this time, in this world, in this dimension, is this shining robotic city. <sighs> Undimmed by time. Because you see, present, present lets us see what we've done. It lets us know the positive or negative repercussions. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes you want to... rip them in half. Sometimes you want to take present and... make them face what, what you did, but... they've always assured us that They've experienced all of this. What? And it's... I mean, you can't... You can't really refute it, because... He's... He... They... Whatever. They... It's, it's... All of this is so far beyond what... Any of us are able to really comprehend that... They'll... Pick the emotion or, or feeling right out of you. Not out of you, but that you know that they're feeling it too. <laughs> and I swear I've I swear I've even seen them cry before. It's just And Butog kinda puts a arm around Philotos's shoulder and kinda shakes him and It's like yes, yeah, they're just been good. Good times as well. <sighs> we faced we faced a lot of things. But let's just not always always dwell on, on the the terrible. You you seem intent. He's like, yeah man, you you stayed quiet this whole time, like I don't know, like come on. You're, you're a sphinx here. Like, give us. No, I mean that. Over he points behind you. He's like that. It technically is a sphinx, yes, but, I mean, you're you're curious, so, you know. Give us some thoughts. <laughs>